We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... And welcome to Studio 222 at the ABC in Ultimo for another edition of Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover and please welcome this week's gang. It is Gene Kitson, Alice Fraser and Tommy G. Tommy and I are here in Ultimo and uh, Gene and Alice are safely away in some... COVID-safe yeah. environment of their own choosing. Yeah. I don't know. Can I say, though, can yes. I say I, I just witnessed, uh, and I know the march of time is relentless for mm. all of us. Yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, but I've always seen you as evergreen. Yes, thank you. And uh, But just then, just before the show mm. started, uh, mm. we're watching Alice and Gene on an iPad which mm. we have in the studio so we can see them. And Richard had to call over the young producer, hey, young person, mm. Come make this piece of technology do something I don't know how to make it do. Yeah. yeah. Well, the iPad was making sounds, <laughs> and I, I didn't sound. like it. This machine's going bingy bing, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Grandpa is here, and he doesn't know doesn't what to like do. The sound. He's got to ask Too a noisy. young person. Oh, well, there was a young person. There was one young there person. Was a young person. Yeah. And she knew That's what to do. That's good. And you know what was respectful? The new kids are so respectful. She didn't roll her eyes. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't like say, what? Yeah. It's the volume, old man. No side eyes. She's, she's, yeah. <laughs> she's like, yep, that's what I'm hired to do. That's my they job. They don't roll their eyes anymore. Uh, they just uh, put it on TikTok. <laughs> that's Smile right. to your face and TikTok behind your back. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You'll see, you'll see it on... <laughs> You'll see it on Hannah's well, I account. I don't know that. I think I one of the young people to turn my TikTok on for me. Yeah. Make the TikTok tick. <laughs> and the heart, too, the, the pacemaker, <laughs> if you could. And now let's check you are up with this week's news. Who, according to the Prime Minister, has made a spectacle of himself? Who wants to take this on? Well, I'm disappointed. Well, told- oh, no, okay. Oh, yeah. No, no, tell me. You go, go. Well, okay. I'm, I'm hurt. I'm hurt because this is about uh, our Prime Minister. The Prime Minister of status quo is awesome. And he's uh, mad. Not mad. He's he's throwing shade mm. at Anthony Albanese because Anthony has the hide mm. to lose weight. Is the hide to lose hide? Hide to lose hide and update his spectacles, <laughs> saying that he's trying to be something that he isn't. Yeah. And then Scott Morrison is going to stand behind the fact that he's just an, a plotty, doughy old white guy. Yeah. And he's nothing ever going to be anything but. I see. I love this. I'm a supporter of the prime minister because I pop myself on the on the scales this week, and mm. I find that I'm incredibly authentic. Authentic. But see, I get, I get, <laughs> I, I get it at the weight loss level. I get it at the weight loss level. I'm but getting, Tommy. What? I'm getting more authentic by the it's week. True. You, you've never been more real to me. You've never been more real. But isn't isn't at a philosophical sort of ideology point of view? Isn't Anthony Albanese representing what we want governments to be? We want to get what, better, the new- make the policy <laughs> leaner. We're going to readjust our spectacles so we can see the future in a more clear way. So you think he's subconsciously think a- promising small government? Yes. That's <laughs> I what think I'm he's- thinking. I think he, I think when he's taking his backward, it's sort of like his new look is a sort of non-ironic tribute to 1954. <laughs> the shoulders of his suits are a little bit too big. And his specs are a cross between Michael Caine and Mr. Magoo. He looks <laughs> and he's got this sort of slicked hair. And and you know what? I can hear my my daughters now, they'll be going, Oh, mum, judgy, judgy. Yeah. But you know, like 
you know, it's great to see Mr. Albanese being judged by his clothes because that's equality. It's about time blokes can whisper, oh, my God, did you see his hair and his glasses? Oh, Albo, darling, have you lost weight? See, this is, you know, have you done something different to your hair? Uh, that's what, when they're really thinking, you know, he's had work, he's got a gastric band. Uh. You know, and finally, I can't a qual- wait. finally a quality. What do you reckon, Alice? Finally a quality. exactly quality. why we cannot get on board with climate change because any change is now seen as a sign of weakness and it's like backing down from your original position, even if your original position is proven to be like absolute garbage. This is like, I don't know, if you take this to its logical conclusion, you stay a baby forever. Just a 50-year-old man in a nappy sitting in his own filth trying to govern a nation. <laughs> <Now we're> I- <laughs> That's that's a that's a campaign slogan, right there. That's a real authenticity, right there. <laughs> no change, I've no change. change that's pants. what we want. Yeah. Uh, so the prime I minister mean, say he he has he enjoys Italian cakes. Apparently, that's we should, we should vote for him for that. I think he should yeah, have well, specified Italian. It sounds fancy. No, I, I don't know why he did that. Actually, sort yeah. of a yeah, he's sort of you know like. Yeah, I don't know why he did that. That was a strange He's thing. retrograde. He thinks that's courting the ethnic vote. <laughs> yeah, well, I just did feel that. I did feel that. But, you know, just... Like, I just can't wait for him to, if he's going to go the whole hog, if we're, if we're going to judge him on his clothes, when then he should do the whole, you know, women MP thing and wear those red bellboy jackets they all wear, all the female wear, MPs. You know, they, they cluster around their leader's shoulders with these bright coloured jackets on. They look like a bunch of party balloons. <laughs> or a packet of M&Ms. But I want him to wear some colour now. Next. Next. That would be good. New spectacles. Uh, yeah, we have uh, TGIF, Gene Kitts and Alice Fraser and Tommy Dean. Who was forced to fuel speculation about what would be the main issue of the election? Who was forced to fuel speculation? Who wants to take well, this on? Gene, go I'm, on. I'm happy to kick it off. This, I think what this is talking about is the story of um, who, you know, it's about our cost of living. It's inflation, right? And it's talking about the price of fuel going up and and that um, inflation is going to be a big issue in the election. And, and I think, you know, like everyone's saying, oh, well, we accept the fuel price because that's showing solidarity to Ukraine. So we should pay more because it's the least we can do. And, yeah, I get that. But then the governor, uh, the Reserve Bank governor, Philip Lowe, is saying we have to stop talking about inflation and about prices going up because it'll give, you know, producers or companies uh, uh, ideas and they will put the prices up because we're all talking about prices going up anyway. Yeah, he says it'll be, a, so- it'll be a self-fulfilling prophecy. He calls it psychological inflation. Psychological. That's why you weigh the same, Richard. (laughs) Psychological inflation. You look much slimmer to me, I tell you. But, yeah, yeah. So, you know, he's saying stop talking about prices going up because they'll go up. So... I mean, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. So will the producers panic and put the prices back down if we say, you've put the prices up? Is that psychological deflation? I but don't is know. That, is, that how we, is that how we, can we combat it by just constantly singing the Coles jingle? <laughs> down, down, down. If we just keep singing down, down, prices are down, will that beat it? I mean, the depressing reality that if you say it too loudly that they'll put the prices up is like, 
that we have to watch corporations like they're a sneaky witch in a fairy tale. I'll never lie, but I'll never tell the truth. Answer me these questions three. Prove you're not a robot. What's your password? Like, this is the world that we live in now, and I find it heartbreaking. <laughs> Reserve Bank Governor uh, Alice Fraser is here. Reserve Bank Governor Jean Kitson is here and, and, and Tommy Dean. Uh, now, who finally was forced to diss the disc? Oh, this is the last DVD shop closing down. I remember when the last VHS shop went out of out of business and now it's the last DVD shop. We all stand to see our heroes fall. Like, this is the company uh, Film Club Darlinghurst, which mm-hmm. has been the final DVD rental shop to close. The final in Sydney. I think there's a couple in regional New South Wales, but, yeah, final in Sydney. Yeah, Aww. the final one to close in Sydney. And this is sad. The first person who ever asked me out on a date was the guy at the video shop. So Aww. we went on one date nice. and then I broke up with him and he refused to be broken up with uh, over the phone. So he, he he arranged for us to meet, for me to break up with him in person. Just to be, to be, to be even, Alice, did you get 100 points of identification before you accepted the date? Well, so it was all very awkward because I was still sort of a, a clumsy teenager and he said, what's your number? And I said, oh, it's in the system. And he said, no, 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 I want to know your, I want you to tell me your number. And I was really confused oh. by the whole process. And he knew where you lived already and that's yeah. awkward. What did and you, then he what couldn't did go you, back. What did you rent? Yeah. What, did, what had you rented? The, the notebook or something? So what would yeah. happen was it was down the road and every every week my twin brother and I would jog down to the video shop. It was like a 20-minute jog and then we would buy all of the chocolate and, you know, have that pleasurable experience that you used to have in, in video shops of, of browsing through and picking up covers and looking at things and b- bumping into things um, and then laughing at the titles of adult movies and, you know, just the fun that you used to have in a and video shop. And buying lots of lollies, you know, yeah, all always the, lollies the weird lollies. Is it yeah, just weird. Me, or did lollies. like video shops always have the off-brand American like strange lollies? There was one that was um Smarties in in a block of milk chocolate, like a cat, like not a Cadbury's block. I don't know what brand it was, but it had like Smarties. Uh, yeah, inside. embedded embedded Smarties. Yeah. Yeah, and I always thought, wow, what an incredible innovation! And then I realised it's just chocolate inside other chocolate. <laughs> like it is just. <laughs> <laughs> and they were really their, their their whole profit system was that they would be incredibly cheap to rent. Unless you were late returning them, mm. in which case you had to ring your bank manager, right? Well, yeah, a, yeah. It was a hassle, mm-hmm. though. I think the DVD market started to suffer because a lot of the profit margin in video rentals was the, the rewind fee. Mm-hmm. You know, you brought it back on time, but you yeah. didn't rewind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They hit you for that as well. Yeah, they if did, you were yeah. late and didn't rewind as well, you oh. might as well just have made the movie. <laughs> See, I never much. paid any of those fees because the the... The video shop guy was trying to get into my pants, yeah, so, so I never said, paid any late fees. Yeah. I'll, re- oh, so I'll actually, rewind it for you. Yeah. <laughs> you were, yeah, you knew which side of the bread your butter, your butter bread was buttered on. You might have, there might have been a bit of flirting going on there. Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> Sorry, it's two weeks late. Michael. Yeah, I was thinking about Michael's you. my dad's name, so let's not. Okay, oh, yeah, it. no, sorry about that. Change it to Mike. Sebastian. Sebastian. My mum had a video shop. We had a video shop that I worked in on, you know, Christmases and things, on really? school holidays. Yeah, but it was, it was down in Sorrento in the 70s and 80s, so it was videos and secondhand golf balls that the local kids <laughs> found. And that was in the window in ice cream containers. You could buy secondhand golf balls that we'd just pinched from the golf field, golf course. And you could buy clothes and some sandals and you could get a haircut. 
I love that. So that was the shop. <laughs> I love, I love those, I love those mixed businesses. There used to be this business at Goulburn, which was uh, uh, secondhand window frames and building materials. You could go and get gravel there. They had lots of cement and stuff like that, and they also had a rack of children's clothes. Out the yeah. front, and I just, I just want. I always, whenever I went there to get gravel or, or something like that, I'd always wonder about the salesman who wandered in there and and convinced <laughs> convinced the bloke that he should extend his range to children's clothing. I'd have been the opposite. I'd be like, every time I went to get my kids some clothes, I'd be like, who comes to get gravel? Like seriously, who buys gravel? <laughs> exactly. So is it a shame to see? See, people say, look, it doesn't matter that the well, both the video and the DVD have gone because everything's available on the streamers anyway. Oh, no. So, no, Jean? It, it's a shame. It's terrible. It's so it's terrible because scrolling to find a movie on streaming when you're scrolling and clicking and they're showing you other movies full of it's rabbit holes full of similar movies and they're bad movies and and we and all our movies are in Spanish because we've got a Spanish <laughs> hacker. And so they keep watching movies that get suggested to us that we'd never watch. And I thought this was I thought our Spanish hacker was shot from someone in Spain when one of my daughters was over there and maybe, you know, drank sangria and, you know, had a few too many and, and gave, gave our password. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you know how this – but then I was set straight only recently. It was because they'd bought – my daughters had bought this new TV that was the size of an SUV and they'd set it up in the lounge room and I'd come home and it looked like a community bus was parked in the lounge room. So we so we sent the television back to Harvey Norman, but they'd already put all our passwords on it. And apparently the Spanish hacker is someone from Wollongong. Wow. <laughs> so okay. So, But also this is a good – if you're embarrassed about the choices that your system brings up for you, you know, you've been watching too much Naked Attraction and it says, uh, oh. you know, uh, you can always say, oh, that's the hacker. That's a hacker. Sorry, that's a hacker. Look, it's got subtitles. Alice, does it matter that the DVD is going the way of history or did you like things like the commentary track and the and the extras? Look, I love the commentary track. I love the extras. I love that the infinite possibilities of the DVD and of the VHS that you might have the wrong disc in the in the packaging. I just think it was a nowadays it's so flat and you are with the algorithms. I'm I'm jealous of your Spanish hacker. You are constantly confronted with your regrettable past choices <laughs> by the recommendations that you are being given now. You're looking at that, you go, Do, is that what you think I'll like? Is that the yeah. kind of person you think I am? It is the kind of person I am, you know, at least late at night uh, when yeah. I've made other regrettable choices. You know? Everyone needs a hacker with better taste than, them, mm. than themselves. <laughs> I want to offer a service of like, classy watching someone will come and just like up the level of your algorithm so when you ask someone over for netflix and chill it looks like you're a very cultivated person who watches historical period dramas it looks like because you just watch war and peace we're going to offer you anna karenina that's all right tell tell me does it matter that they're going the going the way of history i i i'm practical part of me is not surprised but i I like the possibilities. Like I like the probably the only DVD I ever owned was the entire box set of The Wire. Oh yeah, and I loved it. Of course, it's you know with subtitles. Well, you have to watch it with subtitles. <laughs> um, but then I kept you know I've never listened. I've never listened to a commentary track, and I kept thinking, wouldn't it be great? But I think, every time I go, oh, I've seen the episode. And there's something weird about 
talking over the episode because mm-hmm. uh, I think I listened to one and it was every commentary I thought it would be. Well, in this scene right here, uh, <laughs> we got Bill to come in and then uh, notice that there was a dead body and then he's like shocked. Yeah. And then like, you see the scene and that's yeah. what happens. Yeah. Like, it took us like four takes. Yeah. We, we had a, we had a mess up about who we cast as the dead yeah. body. And yeah, this well, other guy. A friend he, of his. It turns yeah, out it was a yeah, buddy. Yeah. Of his. He was the first couple of times he laughed because he couldn't believe that. The, yeah. It was just a guy from catering, but they'd be good friends because <laughs> he was a good cook. He made the soup that he liked. But yeah, it's great. Anyway, watch this next scene. <laughs> No, the bathroom. Here's the one I remember the most. I could have to do a bit about this. But Joaquin Phoenix in The Gladiator, right? There's a scene where he turns and he has a glass of wine and he offers it to his sister. And the whole pretense of the scene is, is it poisoned or is it not poisoned? And it's beautifully dramatic. And it's an amazing scene. And the director calls it out. Watch this, watch this. When he, when he hands her the wine, watch. This is the greatest head turn <laughs> in the history of cinema. <laughs> Anyway, this is the commentary track. What? Yeah, as a director, nailed it. Joaquin Phoenix. No one's ever turned their head better in cinema than this. And that's I when I knew to... that I could never watch a DVD commentary again. <laughs> I want to do DVD commentaries for my stand-up specials because I've got all these, you know, trilogies, and there's all these like yeah, interrelated yeah, yeah. jokes yeah. that are like, oh, three hours ago, if you if you watched my show in 2018, you'd realize that this was a callback. I want to do the like really passive aggressive, boring, like just take and ring all of the comedy. You know why this is funny? <laughs> <laughs> just make it like completely academic. I really want to do that. Oh, and then a third layer, like a that heckle would be trap. Great. I will now heckle myself. <laughs> <laughs> ruin the joke, scream things out. Oh, man, he blew it. Did you hear how he... Oh, he ruined it. Ruined how, it. How better is that? Gene Kitson, Alice Fraser, and Tommy Dean are with us for Thank God It's Friday. Thank God It's Friday with Richard Glover. Gene Kitson is here, so is Alice Fraser and Tommy Dean. Now, Tom Brady... Sorry, sorry, sorry Tommy. Sorry. Ruin your perfect segment. No, it's all right, fine. I just wish he would embrace it. I just want him to say, it's Sunday. We're right back to picnic weather. Have some hummus. Well, he's now a honey producer, of course. So you could say, have yeah, some honey. Have some honey. Honey and garlic? Get some garlic. Honey and garlic? <laughs> he's doing honey and garlic? Yeah, he should be sneaking in a few little ads, don't Every you think? Every time. Every <laughs> single time, it'll be so good. Yeah, because he's growing native flowers, too, on the farm. Oh. So you could say, the sun is out and the native yeah. flowers are looking fantastic. Yeah. You'd be a mug. Be safe out there, be everyone. <laughs> It could, it could be subtle, yeah, couldn't it? It would be so good. So, so people don't, yeah, he should be doing it. I'm going to have to do it for him. Maybe that's what we'll have to work in tandem. Uh, now, Tom Brady, the legendary American footballer, has given up his retirement just 41 days after announcing it, tweeting that he will return for another season with the Tampa Bay, Bay Buccaneers. Uh, he just loves football too much to give it up. So what did you give up? A food, a hobby, job, love interest, bad habit, the date at the video store guy with the video store guy, <laughs> only to chuck a Tom Brady and take it up once again. Alice Fraser. Uh, comedy. I quit comedy after every single gig and then I only become a comedian again when I get back on stage. It's, I'm, never, I'm never a comedian when I'm not on stage. That's why I refuse to accept it when people call me a comedian. On my daughter's birth certificate, I put writer slash performer, which is vague enough that she can disown me when she becomes an actuary. This is L- Laser Fraser. Laser <laughs> Fraser would make a good actuary because she's so laser-like in her uh, judgments. Yeah. Extremely distinguished. Baby. That would be good. <laughs> I would hire an accountant whose name is Laser. Yeah, that's right. It would sound forensic, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would sound yeah. I'll, I'll let her know when she starts to speak English. She's already got a customer. <laughs> well, Tommy, what have you? Uh, have you just, well, first of all, the Tom Brady news. We need first, to get amazing. your I, take first, on anybody that. Anybody that knows Tom Brady and knows uh, knows that he, that was never going to happen. It was always a furphy, so it wasn't a surprise. Uh, he is my entire career. 
Uh, he's been playing since I've been alive, basically. Yeah, you know, yeah. he, Tom Brady's career is my life. <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that he's continuing on means that I've got stuff left to do. Yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah. pleased yeah, that he yeah. did not give it up. Uh, he is, I think he wants to be the oldest. I think he's going to be the oldest. I'm waiting for the announcer to say this is the first time a 60-year-old man <laughs> has played football. There was like a 50-year-old kicker once, but uh, it's amazing. And I agree with Alice. Um, absolutely. In fact, I was laughing. Of all the things that would get doubled up, who would do that joke? But I agree. I quit as soon as I get off stage for two reasons. I retire because that was the greatest show I've ever done. It'll never get better. Why should I try again? Or, or that was the worst. <laughs> Why do I do this? I've got a career now in office work. Yeah. I want to focus on that. Yeah. My passion is paperwork. Because you do you get a coffee card doing stand-up comedy? Yeah. No. Nah. No. Never. But here's what happened. I Never. Know what happened. I know that Tom Brady went home, and like for the first week, he was like, yeah, it's pretty comfortable. Did some stuff with the wife and kids. And then the second week, his wife said, hey, Tom, could you go down to the shops? And the third week, he's like, hey, Tampa Bay, <laughs> do you still have my shirt? <laughs> I'm coming back. So what do you think the household task was that made Tom Brady realize that he'd be better off playing <laughs> football? <laughs> Almost anything. Almost anything. It's, how can you Put give up the, the biggest down. stage in the world? <laughs> but I'm, trying to think what, I'm trying to think if there was anything I ever... I tried, you know, I tried to give up gaming. You know, I got serious you did, when I was... You, you know, didn't really No, I, did, I mean, there was a time, like, this is way back, and I was like, I'm putting it aside. You know, these childish things, I'm going to set them to the side, and then realized I didn't understand adulthood at all <laughs> and only the games made sense <laughs> so i had to come back in fact i get yelled at like in various real life things I, I keep everything now to me game is like the opposite gaming is such a pure analogy for everything that people i was like oh I like a game you know this, this is not a game this is serious and I'm like, well i understand it's serious but you know games can be serious and i'm just trying to say they're like a game we're moving the pieces around mm -hmm. and this is what the outcome's looking for and these are what our goals are and tactically this is how we should approach the problem okay so tom brady lasted 41 days when I, you gave up football, I, I, how long I, I, did you I leave? I for like less than a year. Oh, okay. Not I bad, though. I did not put, you know, put away my consoles. I'll be no, I sold my Nintendo. And then Xbox came out with a new one. I was like, that's fancy. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had a son. Like, that's when my child, when Asher was born, I was like, oh, man, I got to, and he was always up at night. Well, if he's up at night and I'm up at night, mm -hmm. that's a perfect time to play Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I could, I could give my son my deep wisdom of well, Xbox. Because now, what's this? Twenty years later, he's in his room playing Xbox, and my wife is like, "He's just up in his room playing Xbox," and she says it like it's a negative. And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm so proud of it." <laughs> Gene Kitson, when have you chucked a Tom Brady? Oh, my whole life is chucking TBs. My entire <laughs> life consists of starting something and then stopping it. But Tom Brady. He, wasn't he forty four? He could. Be, he was old enough to be the father of everyone on the team, and I think he was. I, I think at he home was in some football. cases. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the ultimate sledge, isn't it? How's my teammate and my son, or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> How's your wife and my children? Um, but yeah, yeah. He, I think he was home watching TV, watching football on TV, and was thinking, "Hey, isn't this a bit where I come on?" <laughs> <laughs> Roger Moore had the same trouble, you know, quitting James Bond. Roger, Roger Moore was in his mid-50s 
And he was still bursting through a window and going into a crouch and you just knew it took a team of physios to get <laughs> And let's not even talk about the love scenes. You know, the name's Bond, James Bond. Anyone see my glasses? But um, I guess what I get, I, lo- I love not exercising, so I try to give up not exercising by exercising, but I have to, you know, like I have to give that up within a week. Always. Everything is a start and then I go back to it. Whatever bad thing I do. Yeah, eating chocolate, not exercising, not cleaning, not tidying up after me. That's it. Alice? Uh, are we, sh- are we sure this is the same Tom Brady? Are we sure this isn't like the mantle of Tom Brady, like the phantom? This gets picked up and then you, you, know, you ah. go on to Tom Brady Island with some small racist caricatures and develop your Tom Brady skills <laughs> and then you go out and fight crime as Tom Brady. Are we sure that it's not one of those situations? Well, it could be like uh, Doctor Who. It could just be played by a series of different people. And the next Tom Brady will be, uh, you know, a lady. Yep. Yeah, they do, you just get equipped with the jaw and then you go out <laughs> in the field as Tom Brady. Get equipped with the, with the jaw and the wife. Is it Heidi Klum? I could be wrong. No, who's he married to? Giselle. Giselle, okay. You seem to know a lot about Tom Brady. Tom Brady is literally, he played Uh, for Michigan. Sounds like a rap song. Well, he played for Michigan. So Michigan was my, the Wolverines was my favorite football team in college football uh, because I lived there for a short time. They had the biggest stadium in America is the Ann Arbor Stadium for the Michigan Wolverines. And Tom Brady played for them. And then he went to the New England Patriots where he stayed pretty much for the entirety Mm. of his life until this last few years. And it was the whole, a whole life. Like you just couldn't believe it. Like he was never that good. Originally, he was okay. And then he came into the NFL as okay. And then someday something happened. He like ate something magical and just suddenly was awesome. Did he play guitar at the crossroads? He has no personality. Nobody knows anything about Tom Brady except that he's an awesome quarterback. That's all we know. So he's like the queen. You don't yeah, actually know you don't anything, anything at all. about him. He doesn't do interviews. He doesn't talk. He sold a book once where he said basically all he does is drink water and eats magic beans. <laughs> I have he's a like theory the about the queen. Oh, sorry, Carrie. So the theory about the queen, Alice. I have a theory that the queen thinks that she is given the right to rule by God hmm. and that everything she ever does confirms this belief because everyone I know who's ever met the queen or any story I've ever heard about anyone meeting the queen on a panel show or whatever is always about the person embarrassing themselves in front of the queen. So it's like, oh, I, you know, I headbutted her or I curtsied wrong or I called her your bladgesty. Like she <laughs> thinks that common people are constantly crapping their pants and falling over. No wonder she thinks she has a right to be the queen. She thinks everyone's an idiot. That's right. She's the only one who manages to not, uh, not... I've, I've I've met the Queen and I did the same thing. I was an idiot. No, my my daughter went made a lunch for her glasses. But I love you said when you said anyone who's ever met the show, like let met the Queen, uh, you know, in the blah blah or a panel show. I would love to see the Queen on a panel show. <laughs> I would love. <laughs> I think in the green room before. When did you meet the Queen, Jean? How did you meet the queen? Oh, it was full. She came out. Yeah, she came out to um, have a look at the Cord Blood Bank, which is, this is 1998. And I was on the board of the Cord Blood Bank. And my I, when I had my daughter, we were one of the first donors of Cord Blood from mm-hmm. um, umbilical cord or umbilical cord. And she's really interested in cutting edge technology and medical research. And and, and this was an Australian <laughs> thing. Yeah. And she wanted to see... It's a pretty long story, but she wanted to see the cord blood bank and meet a donor and a recipient, and yeah. And then I had my daughter who donated. At we don't, and she was on my hip, and the queen 
was introduced to us, and my daughter made a lunge for her hat, <laughs> just and she ducked huh. like a ninja, like she was so fast. She must have been, she, you know, like not only does she think we're probably all idiots, but she's obviously learned some pretty neat maneuvers, <laughs> like some self defense. She just, just ducked and swiveled. Her. Sounding... Down her the hat was out of spilling gra- cake on her, you know. She needs to have these reflexes. She sounds more and more like Tom Brady. Yeah, the Queen and Tom Brady. Do you think that she was coming for yeah. the cord blood for the same reason yeah. Tom would for like eternal youth? Have they ever been? So see, let me ask you the question: <laughs> Have they ever been seen in the same room? No, no. There you go. No, Draw your own conclusions. On thank God, it's Friday. We have Gene Kitson, Alice Fraser, and Tommy Dean. It is time for the Wheel of Death, and here are the words that have been <clears throat> sent in by our lovely listeners: compost, fabric, vampire, playing cards, pumpkin. Safari, shoelaces, ice blocks, stairs, mints, aliens, self-sourcing. I like that one. Magic and snorkel. Which ones fill you full of fear, Ooh, Tommy Dean? clearly, but Graham Creed could save us. <laughs> round and round and round it goes. Shoelaces is a topic. Oh, shoelaces. This is, this is oddly topical. Shoelaces. Oddly topical. Because my shoes right now, I have two different laces because one of them snapped. Because when a shoelace snaps, it's like it's like a member of your family has died. Hmm? It is a tragedy, and you did not expect it. But when you went to buy a replacement, why didn't you buy a pair? Well, because who buys replacements? Nobody buys a replacement shoestring. You find an old pair of shoes huh? that you're not using that anymore. That you're not using anymore, and you put the other one in. So that's gone. So I've got one old pair of shoes. So now, because if one's totally brand new, that's no good. Yeah. And then I had to take the other one. So I've got to keep the other one now in reserve, like a boot tire, because <laughs> my other one is going to go. Yeah. So it became, it become, you become like aware of life. Why not just swap them both over now so that you earn yourself uh, you know, a bit of time with the well, other one? Because then the other one, it's not totally broken yet. Yeah. So it might end up in the reserve drawer. And then if you call <laughs> in the reserve a frayed cord... That's just going to be tragedy down the line. Is there a cord bank where you store this? Yeah, we need a, some sort of cord <laughs> bank. And every time this happens, and it doesn't happen often. That's why it's always a shock. The day that you are tying up your shoes and you give that little jerk to tighten them up, and the one, it's always one side. They never double snap. One side always takes the brunt. And snap. <laughs> oh, oh, no. And literally, for five seconds, the world has ended. Yeah. Because you have no idea how to solve the problem. And then you remember you have other shoes. And then you go to find them. And then you see your other old shoes and realize, I've only got three snaps left. Because I've been raiding the same old shoes (laughs) (laughs) for a while now. But they're the different thicknesses. So now every morning when I tie my shoes, I always do left side first. Mm. I don't know why. That's my only superstition in life. Always put your left shoe on first. Is that right? It is. I don't know why. But I always do. Even if I pick up, do you think this right goes shoe? goes back to when you first learned how to tie your shoes? I don't. It might be. I remember also, learning some, how for to some tie people, my that's shoes. a big challenge in life. It's the first big achievement in life. It is a big achievement. I had buckle shoes until I was nine because I don't think my parents trusted me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was given the course and taught how the rabbit runs round the rabbit hole. But they um, and then and that comes to that next one is that I know that there's a very famous TED talk about tying shoelaces. And a guy has done a very famous TED Talk where he says, if you, if you, uh, if you and I don't, I've never seen it, this is the point of the story, yeah, yeah. is that I'm aware of that this story exists, yeah. and in it he tells you the perfect way to tie your shoes. And it's a deeper analogy about securing your life, I believe. 
<laughs> but at the end of the day, the practical matter, <laughs> it's a way of tying your shoe so that it stays tied. Uh-huh. And my shoe will not, the new cord for, has like some sort of friction problem and it won't stay. Like my, my shoe is coming. So this untied. is the kind of the Windsor knot of shoelaces. Yeah, is something it? I'm yeah. guessing. There's yeah. be it's some... multiple overs is what you, I mean, I don't know if this is what the man in the TED talk does, but it's, uh, you, you cross it over, you know, crisscross and over, and then you do it over and over a couple of times for your base knot and that doesn't slip. Oh. And then you do the same thing with the bow. Mm. And, and do you think, think if you do See, that, your whole life improves? Like the guy I says. I mean, certainly, certainly you step out of your shoes less. <laughs> But what I find philosophically This is where I've gone wrong. I've always gone for the Velcro. Yeah. That's very smart. But I'm just worried about Tommy doing these shoes with these things because he'll never have empathy in life because he'll never have the opportunity to walk in another man's shoes because he can't get the ones he's got on <laughs> he off. Can't get them on. <laughs> but it's also the cord. It just flummoxes me so much because entanglement theory tells us that everything wants to tangle up. Yeah, yeah. Like computer cords, hair, anything. Everything. Spaghetti when you're yeah, trying to cook yeah, it. Yeah. That's why you need a spaghetti fork. Yeah. Who cooks with a spoon? You can't. You need a spaghetti fork. Entanglement theory. But, but I see, I, do, yeah, but I'm against it. I'm against entanglement theory because you remember when you got little kids and they're playing soccer and you carefully tie up their shoe laces before the game and you send them on to the pitch and somehow through four seconds later they're all off. They're all off. This is what I'm and saying. they're sort of flopping around like two dead seagulls. What is the opposite theory? But that's what Alice is saying. You got to go round and round. I've seen that theory. I think that works. That. that but I don't. That I used to method. think it has something to do with force. Like, I would tie my shoe, but now I have so I tie my shoe, and then I'm just sitting on the train. And when I get off the train and start walking towards work, it's untied. Like, there was, I wasn't even, like, walking. You can't tell me the gentle rocking of state rail was undoing my shoelaces, or maybe it is. Maybe state rail is so corrupt, it is trying to destroy every transportation system known to man. Yeah. Not only we will shut down the trains, we'll take off your shoes. It's either the fault of the unions or the uh, politician in charge. You be the judge. You be the judge. You just can't help men, can you, Gene? They're not scientifically minded. No, I'm going to test not. that. They, in you a know lab. how many knots you could use? So many different knots. I mean, I ask my kids, "Do you want a reef knot today? Do you want a splice? Do you want a like a slip knot? What would you like on your shoes today? Because that's what women do. We have all these different knots. So, would you like the yeah, umbilical well, cord knot? You know? The only one you're about to offer, Jean, is a granny knot. Yeah. Mm. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank God. Not too soon. <laughs> Does he die? Does he live? Does he live? Does he live? He lives. He lives. Thank God. I think it all came untied. Gene Kitson, Alice Fraser, and Tommy Dean are here on Thank God It's Friday. Now, Gillian Armstrong and other great Australian filmmakers are featured this week on the latest Legends Stamps issued by Australia Post. Now, as a child, I loved collecting stamps from all the countries of the world. It convinced me that there was the possibility of a life outside the dreary suburb in which I lived. What did you collect? And how come, Alice Fraser? I'm a millennial. I can only afford to collect experiences. Uh, no, I, I love uh, Japanese tea paraphernalia, like a nice teapot. Oh, I want a kind of earthenware, one of those things that looks a little ruffle around the edges, but is actually like extremely elaborately put together. So it looks rough around the edges, but is the perfect size and shape and weight and pour. It's like a real experience. Yeah. Mm. This is wabi-sabi, isn't it? The Japanese things that look like they're slightly distressed and broken down, but absolutely perfect. 
Yeah, yeah, it's just great. It's fantastic. Because I think I'm, and an, I love tea. I, so. I only mention that because I think I'm an example of wabi sabi. <laughs> 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 what do you What do you collect? Jim I have Kitson. never heard of that, but I love it. I love that word because I've seen you know those pots, those Japanese pots, and they're just perfectly misshapen and they're yeah, balanced yeah. and yeah. But I used to collect. Um, well, I grew up on the beach, so. I just was a beachcomber from as a kid, and like you, Richard, I would find old bits of broken bottles from shipwrecks and old bits of china, and you'd imagine what ship they came from and how old they were, and old bits of you know like wood from boats and oh who's who's you know drowned on this boat. Mm-hmm. You'd make up all these stories, and and then the ultimate happened in our the era. Any man with a treasure map washed up on your shore? No. <laughs> No, well, that would actually, yeah, you're right. That would have been the other. Okay, the penultimate happened. Um, Harold Holt drowned just up the up the next beach, and so then we would collect bits of flipper and bits of goggle. And we had a Harold Holt corner at home <laughs> in the garage, <laughs> where bits of a biro, toothbrush, you name it, anything we found man-made on the beach, then would go in the Harold Holt corner. And you're, we you're, you're conv- maybe whatever it was, you were convinced it must be part of the former prime minister. Were, were, yeah, very you, you, you know, like lanyard. <laughs> were you trying to construct a sort of a Frankenstein's monster-style Harold Holt from spare bits? No, <laughs> sew them all together, and here we have a wetsuit and flippers <laughs> coming out. It the governs. Head. It governs. <laughs> they, they had everything but the Chinese submarine in the end. <laughs> <laughs> it was really exciting. I think we were, we had in mind that we'd you know tell someone about all these bits of wetsuit just in case they wanted to get some DNA, but no one asked us. So that is so that good. Tommy Dean, what did you uh, what did you collect? I had a short lived run at uh, fifty cent pieces, which were a rare coin in America. We don't have uh-huh. we have them, but we don't circulate them the way they circulate here. And in the seventies, there was a JFK. 50 cent coins. So he said to get a JFK 50 cent piece uh, was quite exciting. So I used to have quite a collection of those. And I kept them in my Fred Flintstone oversized piggy bank. And then one day our house was robbed. It was deeply distressing. Oh, no. And, and I think they actually did quite a number on the house. And I think my parents were quite upset. But I never felt their pain because <laughs> you had too much of your own. $12.50. Because ah. here, 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 there was a round fifty cent coin which totally had, round, yeah. had a had a silver content which became worth more than the fifty yes. cents. So that was that was ins- insanely yeah. popular. But, and then I made the same mistake and started collecting two dollar bills, uh, thinking that would be great. Mm. And then and then those went, mm. lost those, mm. and then and that's when I just decided maybe money's not for me. And that's when you became quit, a, just, a gamer. I just quit collecting in, in any form. Money. I just can't seem to draw money to myself. Uh, I think we all should go for those misshapen you Japanese know who was teacups. Say, my mom, for a short time, was mad about, did you have pumpkin patch kids here? Yeah, yeah. And and I, I've never seen my mother at her worst more than in the pumpkin patch phase when, like, the, you couldn't get them. Like, if, when the new shipment came in, you know, imagine, like, toilet paper during mm. COVID times mm. 10. And my mom. But she collected them herself. Yeah, she went and got them herself. But they weren't an adult thing, were they? I know. That's the double problem. <laughs> but but some <laughs> of the things, the horrors that she visited on people in various supermarkets to make sure she got the latest cabbage patch, <laughs> it made looking at them in the house a little scary. Yeah. Just a little scary. Because, of course, your mother was armed. Isn't she? <laughs> Deeply armed. But, she, you know, one of them was secret. The one in the back pocket you didn't know about. That was the one that gets you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So what happened to the what happened to Harold? What happened to the Harold Holt corner? 
Oh, well, it was all very respectful. It just, well, then we moved. I think they just got taken back to the beach probably, <laughs> thrown in the water. And they're still there. the bits of china and bottles. They're yeah, but, you know, it's interesting. They Nowadays you could easily, I suppose not easily, but you could, you know, they might be interested in whether it was a piece of his wetsuit. Yeah, you never know. You know, cause it, because they, I think the people still believe he's in China somewhere. Yeah. You know, in the submarine, gone off to China. That's right. Yeah. It well, was that's really... The, that's um, the one thing I do hold against Peter Dutton. I think when he's having these high-level negotiations with China, the least he could do is ask for hold back. Yeah, can we have hold back? It was very exciting around our place when they were looking for him. There were helicopters. There was, the uh, you know, the armed forces. And it was very close to um, the Point Nepean, um Officer Cadet School, mm. which was, and they were all they were looking for him everywhere, and and you know, and they had to be careful because there's a whole lot of unexploded mines around there too. They used what? to be in the old days. So. <laughs> still yeah. the thing, still the thing. If you tell Americans <laughs> that we lost a virtue president, you know, we lost a prime yeah. minister, they they can't believe it. And then once you've got them sort of softened up by telling them that, and they're sort of the blood has already drained from the face, you say, oh, and then once we'd lost him, we then named a swimming pool after yeah. him. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. yeah. Also, we Once put a landmine area. We put uh, what he walked through landmines. Yeah. Till they get lost in the ocean. Well, he didn't have in... to walk. He was in Cheviot Cheviot Bay is the name of the beach, which was off the whole like it was a closed area on the end of the Mornington Peninsula that belonged to the defence mm-hmm. forces. And it got a, it had a fire there once, and the local fire brigade had to go there, and their fire truck blew up. <laughs> they ran over a mine. <laughs> Unexploded armaments were there just, when just, they were trying to. F- he was just trying to evade Jean Kitson and her friends <laughs> on the beach at the time. Uh, Jean Kitson, uh, Alice Fraser, and Tommy Dean are with us. Who are the winners and losers of the week? Tommy Dean. Uh, the big winner. Family talk. My twin girls have both successfully graduated to P place. <gasps> they both took their P plate test. Wow. They okay. both passed in one. Note to self: Stop driving stop on driving. Sydney roads. But also note to me how time is relentless. That is. 220 hours of my life finished. Wow. Well, also, I was going to say, I taught them a lot about driving. I also taught them a lot about rounding. It's a lot of rounding. <laughs> oh, rounding, I see. Okay. Yeah, How yeah. long are you gone? About an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Every trip takes an hour. It doesn't take an hour. To, it takes an hour. It wasn't a 50 minutes, Dad. An hour. It was an hour. So they're we the win- build this thing like lawyers. They're the winners, and the rest, of the losers are the rest of Sydney drivers. Now, you know, I was going to say that. I thought that would be the obvious twist. Then I realized Sydney drivers, you're already the worst. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm teaching them the whole time. Do your worst because they'll, they'll, they're going to be ready for you. <laughs> they're ready. <laughs> also, they're also always going to be on the road because not a one of them can park. Uh, Alice, they can't stop driving. <laughs> Alice, <laughs> Alice Fraser, who were the winners and losers? Well, the loser of the week is Doug, the not-a-potato in New Zealand. Uh, they thought it was a potato. It was going to the world record for biggest potato, and yeah. it is not. It is the tuba of a gourd, <laughs> uh, which sounds like one of those instruments that you learn about in music class like that, that is used in sound effects for movies. Uh, but, yeah, I feel like Doug is the, is the loser, although he's the winner in everybody's hearts. <laughs> and, uh, and, and has, has meant that we all have to learn how to pronounce good. Uh, Jean Kitson, good. who are the winners and losers? Oh, well, the loser is Putin for the third week in a row simply because he hasn't won, so he's a loser. But, you know, like he's now threatening people in Ukraine with public executions. He should be very careful 
what he wishes for, I would say. And the winner, you know, I love, you know, like I was always after treasure on the beach. So the gar- this is a garden st- statue that someone paid $9,000 for, which is, you know, of a reclining nude, which is a lot to pay for a garden statue unless it is a statue, a missing masterpiece by Canova, and it's worth $8.5 million. They're the winners. They certainly are Definitely. the winners. Uh, thanks for being part of TGF. Please thank Gene Kitson, Alice Fraser and Tommy Dean. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very thank much. You. Remember, you can download the TGF podcast wherever good podcasts are given away from free. We'll be back next week with Dane Simpson, Rebecca De Unamuno and Gary Eck. In the meantime, I'm Richard Glover. And thank God it's Friday. Signals are not a contract. <laughs>